Hi everyone, my name is Alat Navan. I'm a professional mentor and organizational psychologist. I'm here to bring up topics that I think everyone, no matter what demographics, should know, and to help my listeners start asking themselves important questions to level up in life, whatever that means for you. If you find my podcast useful and want more podcasts, visuals, and personalized help, I'm here for you. I'll be giving my contact information at the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Love Your Damn Life with Alatna. Thank you so much for listening. Last week, we touched on self-care basics, what self-care is, and how we can do it. Practice was a topic that came up a lot. So this week, we're getting deeper into how practice ties into self-care and how we do it. Let's get started. So first, just like last week, we are going in with a definition. This one was definitely harder to pin down than our self-care definition, and it is to do something habitually or usually. So practice. It's to do something habitually or usually. Let's look into that word habitually. What is a habit? Going back to dictionary.com, a habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. So for the purposes of today's episode and similar ones in the future, we'll delineate it like this. Routines are something that are automatically followed. A practice is something that you intentionally follow, being mindful of each action. A habit is what builds up routines and practices. Now that we've thrown three different definitions at you, we're going to be focusing on the definition of habit in order to better understand the definition of practice. Let's break it down. Habit. An acquired behavior pattern regularly followed. Behaviors can be acquired both intentionally and unintentionally. An example would be eye contact. Some people make a lot of it. Some people avoid it at all costs. But most of us don't even think about it while we're talking to someone. It's an unintentional behavior. Sometimes our behaviors are helpful to us, and sometimes they aren't. This can extend from social situations to eating habits and beyond. In fact, a lot of you may be surprised to find that you have throughout your life unintentionally developed self-soothing behaviors that may or may not be helpful for you anymore. When we're building a practice, especially for self-care, but in all areas of life, we want to intentionally choose the behaviors that we want to engage in. When we intentionally choose, we're choosing the most effective behavior. In order to make those behaviors a habit, to make them more easy and natural to do, we have to practice them. This brings us back to those definitions earlier in the episode. A practice is something habitually followed, but it's not automatic like a routine is. You are in charge of where and when you follow your practice. Okay, second part of that definition, until it has become almost involuntary. Going right back to what I just said, to create a habit, we have to regularly follow that intentional behavior. Here's the thing, in creating a habit takes a lot of time. I've heard before and most of you probably have too, that habits take only 21 days to form. It's actually not true. It takes over two months to form a habit before it becomes easy to remember and easy to do. And even then, it takes intention to maintain. Has anyone else had a busy day, gotten into bed, 
and realize that you didn't brush your teeth. I'm happy to report this doesn't happen to me often, but it has happened before. This is a primary example of how easy it is to forget something that I normally do twice a day every day. The payoff is worth it. It's worth it for you. It's worth it for your mental health. It's worth it for your physical health, but it does take time to do. So if practice is to do something habitually, we need to identify the practice that we want to achieve and create habits that make up that practice. In terms of self-care, that's gonna be something that lowers our stress levels. How do we narrow down the practice that we want? We identify the need. How do we identify the need? Let me ask you, what negatively impacts your daily life? This can be anything that leaves you feeling stressed, grumpy, drained, When we know what increases our stress levels, we know what we need our practice to be focused around. So let's solidly tie this into self-care. Stress impacts your ability to make educated and thoughtful decisions. Establishing a practice surrounding self-care is important when you're feeling stressed because your brain can engage in the practice without much thought. You'll automatically know what to do to bring yourself back to baseline if you have a practice established. If you don't have a practice established, it'll take so much more mental energy for you to engage in self-care and bring yourself back down to your baseline because it's something that you're not comfortable with. It's not something that you've done many times before. It's not habitual. It's not a practice. Let me give you a real life example. I often have trouble sleeping. This is a problem because when I'm tired, I'm more emotional and it negatively impacts my functioning just overall. So I know that being tired increases my stress levels. First step, identify the need. My need is to sleep well and regularly. In order to do that, I decided to establish a practice that would help me sleep. Remember, a practice is built by forming habits. You can think about it like building blocks. You can think about it like a pyramid with habits on the bottom and practice on the top. I know that calming music and not looking at your phone is supposed to help with sleep. So my practice includes listening to meditation music and getting off my phone before bed. At least 15 minutes before I start physically getting ready for bed, I put on the music. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I know I'm getting ready for bed soon, the meditation music comes on. Then I'll stop scrolling my phone and turn off my notifications. And instead of scrolling, I'll journal or I'll read. The result, I sleep better. Now the important thing to note is that I did not start all of these steps at once. I took small and manageable steps. I built each habit up individually, one after another. Once I got comfortable with a habit, I'd add another until I had a practice that was effective for me. I said it in the last episode, I'll say it again, and I'm sure this isn't the last time. Small steps are important. I want you to keep in mind that changing too many things at once will set you up for failure. When you're identifying your need and what you would like your practice to look like, start with one small thing and grow from there. I started the meditation music first. It was super easy for me to just get on Spotify and pick a playlist. The hardest part was actually remembering to do it. It actually took me to set an alarm for myself at the same time every night before I actually started remembering on my own. But eventually it worked and then it became a habit. 
It took me a while to build, but now I know exactly what I need to successfully wind down for the night and get good or at least better sleep. I want you all to do a quick check-in with yourselves. How are you feeling about what I've said so far? If you're feeling upset or discouraged, I want you to know that it's okay if it doesn't stick right away. It's okay if you have to try a few different things before you can successfully form a new habit. Just because you're not perfect at something the first, second, even third time does not mean that you are a failure. What I don't want you to do is to give up after a failed attempt. Keep on trying. Something will stick. Just make sure you are doing small and manageable steps for yourself. All right. So we've gone over the definitions. I've given a personal example. But what are we actually taking away from this? First thing, a practice is built by forming a series of habits. Habits take over two months to create, and creating a practice will take at least that long. Second, to create a practice, identify the need that you would like to form the practice around. Something that heightens your stress level is something that's going to be effective for self-care. Start with small and manageable steps for yourself. And three, the point of creating a self-care practice is to make managing your stress with self-care easy and automatic. That's the whole point of this. I'm going to leave you with one final thought. Your practice does not have to look anything like mine. It can be smaller habits or it can be a singular habit that has a big impact. Cater to your own needs. And if you don't know where to start, you can reach out to me. We can create a personalized plan that fits your needs and your lifestyle. All right, everyone, that is all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode on self-care part three, types of self-care. Yes, you heard me right. Self-care can be more than just coffee and bedtime routines. Now, go love your damn life. I can't wait to talk more next week. For those of you that are still listening, I normally do an outro with my contact information at the end of every podcast. Today, my cat Oreo decided that he wanted to be a part of everything. So as a little bit of a bonus, I have some outtakes of Oreo meowing while I was trying to do my outro. Hopefully you enjoy it as much as I do. If you found this podcast to be helpful and you'd like personalized direction regarding any of the topics covered today, please DM me on Instagram. Please DM me on Instagram or email me at alatna. I hear you. If you found this podcast to be helpful and you'd like personalized direction regarding any of the topics covered today, please DM me on Instagram or, or email me. I hope you enjoyed that silly outtake. If you do want to reach out, you can email me at alatna.vaughn at gmail.com.